0: Thank you to the worship team. Uh, it's good to see David. Thank you, Karen, for singing. And thank you for Jen. As though she's sick and her family's sick, she still made it out here. So thank you to uh, the worship team. I'll uh, we'll just go ahead and open up with a word of prayer. Sophia, bow with me. Father God, I just thank you for this day. Father, I thank you for this church. Father, I thank you that uh, you would lay down your son for us, uh, that we could be uh, raised to life. Uh, Father, I just, uh, words cannot express uh, how grateful uh, I am and how grateful we should should be. And Father, I just pray that you be with us this morning. I pray that you uh, give me the words to speak, and I pray that you uh, be with your people here this morning and to just open their eyes and their ears and their minds to you and your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Very good. So growing up, uh, I always used to love uh, to go visit uh, South Carolina. And truth of the matter is it had nothing to do uh, with my future wife uh, who lived in uh, South Carolina. Uh, But a lot of my good friends uh, growing up, some of my best friends uh, lived in South Carolina. And I met pretty much all of them at Fuel, our uh, national uh, church youth camp. Uh, which I always look forward to year in and year out. Um, But I only got to spend parts of the summer of each year in South Carolina uh, because of the distance. And so I truly cherished uh, my time uh, with my buddies uh, down in uh, South Carolina. And while attending the Bible College down in Georgia... Uh, I was able to visit South Carolina more often, uh, w- which I loved, and uh, I still, I loved, and I still to this day, I do enjoy uh, getting together with the guys and hanging out, um, but there there is one thing uh, that gets on my nerves when I hang out with the guys in uh, South Carolina, and that one thing is, is whenever we go to hang out, they are constantly, and, and, and when I say constantly, I mean constantly debating one another. And, and a couple of you guys know uh, some of the buddies I'm talking about. And I'm sure you can uh you, you you can understand, uh, but yeah, they they are constantly debating, and, and they use the word debate, and I use the word debate mostly. But sometimes it felt a lot more like an argument uh, than uh, debate. Uh, but they would constantly get in these debates about any and everything. Some of them were were theological and, and talking about God and had some meaning, but a lot of them had no meaning at all. A lot of them had to do with sports or. Any, Really any and everything that you could ever think of They would debate about And we would just go sit, hang out, have a good time And every single night some sort of debate uh, would take place And I used to take part uh, in these debates um, But I don't anymore because I got so riled up When I would debate with, with, with my buddies down in South Carolina when, when, I was de- when I would debate with them It was like I was talking to a brick wall <laughs> no no joke, it was like I was talking to a brick wall when I was debating with them Because I would say something, I would bring a good point And it's like they wouldn't even hear what I was saying They, they would just repeat the same things over and over and over again Granted, they would probably say the same thing about me How I would just say the same thing over and over and over again But it's like we were both just talking to two brick walls on the opposite side of the room I mean, it was pointless, and it got me so riled up, and and they're laughing, and I don't like to be wrong. And so it just, it was not good. It was not healthy for me. So I had to stop getting in the debates. Now now I'm just the innocent bystander uh, who laughs uh, when, when they get in a debate. But when we would debate, as I mentioned, we couldn't hear one another. Because I would bring my point to them, and they would bring their point to me, but we couldn't hear each other. I would like to believe that, especially them. They couldn't hear. Uh, But it's because the reason, I I believe the reason is, uh, is because people hear what they want to hear. Let me say that again. People hear what they want to hear. So when we, when we would get in debates and we would take two uh, separate stands uh, on the same issue, I would hear only the things that would support my stand uh, on a certain issue, and they would only hear what would support their stand on a certain issue because, woman, let me tell you something about men. Men don't like to be wrong. and We're going to do everything in our power to make sure that, that we are right, even though if. deep. If even if deep inside we know we're wrong, we're still going to maintain that strong out exterior, that strong outside, and say that we are right and defend our position because men don't like to be wrong. Uh, but in our households, I'm never right, and my wife is always right there you have it. Uh, But can anybody else relate to me? Can anybody else relate when when you're talking with someone and you're talking about uh, just one particular issue and you guys are taking separate stands on this issue? And it's like you're talking to a brick wall. It's like they're not even listening to you because they don't want to hear what you have to say because they only want to hear what they want to hear. They hear what they want to hear. And what they want to hear is defending their position that they have. This is why so many fans believe that their team is the best and they have the deep conviction that yes, truly their team is the best because they only hear what they want to hear. That's why a lot of Ohio State fans believe that their football program is better than Michigan State's football program. Or maybe that 's just because that 's the truth of the matter. Uh, I 'll let you guys decide, but people are so convicted on the position that they have because they only hear what they want to hear, and if you didn 't get the message that 's what we 're going to be talking about this morning is we 're going to be talking about how people hear what they want to hear, and and I find so many examples in my daily life uh, that that hold this true, that people hear what they want to hear. You may also have heard people see uh, what they want to see, And, and this is so true, but the truth of the matter is this is not a new principle that we're dealing with just in the 21st century. This is really a human nature principle that that goes all the way back to the beginning. And we can see a beautiful example of this take place in the book of Jeremiah. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up to the book of Jeremiah, one of the five major prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, the five major prophets, So in the book of Jeremiah, we'll be starting in chapter 14, and we'll see a beautiful example of people hearing what they want to hear. But before we, we dive, into the de- dive into the text, I want to give you a bit of context as to what is taking place because whenever you dive into the scriptures, it's crucial that you have the overarching picture of what's taking place. You got to know what's taking place in and around and before and after uh, this time. Uh, it, it helps you uh, more fully understand what's going on. So Israel, uh, many of us may know that Israel was one unified nation at one point in time. Israel, uh, they, they were one unified nation. Nation under King Saul, under King David, and under King Solomon. And, and that was known as the United Kingdom, the United Kingdom of Israel, as they are one big nation. The 12 tribes of Israel came together to form one big nation of Israel. Now Solomon, Solomon had a son uh, who, who took place, who, who uh, reigned over the nation of Israel. His name was Rehoboam. And now Rehoboam, uh, he kind of instigated people to split the kingdoms into two. So under the rule of Rehoboam, uh, the, the one unified nation of Israel split into two separate Kingdoms, two separate nations. We had the northern kingdom, uh, which was then known as Israel. It just took over the name Israel, and that was the ten northern tribes. And then there was the southern kingdom of Judah, and that was just the two tribes to the south. So there were two separate uh, nations for for quite some time. And around 700 BC, that's about 700 years before Christ, and about 300 years after Saul and David and Solomon, Assyria one of the surrounding nations, uh, conquered Israel. And so Israel was no more. It it was no longer a nation. But here Judah was. It it survived as a nation for about another hundred years. So Judah, the two southern tribes, survived as a nation for about a a hundred years, a little more than a hundred years uh, without uh, the nation of Israel really uh, taking place because Assyria conquered Israel. Well, during those uh, 100 years near the latter half uh, is when Jeremiah takes place. So here the, the, the prophet Jeremiah, who's known as the weeping prophet, he's prophesying to the people of Judah during the time when Israel has already been conquered and truth of the matter is Judah was about to be conquered by Babylon. And so the people of Judah were God's people, i mean when, when the when the two kingdoms split apart it, the ten northern tribes Israel, they pretty much didn't do anything right they 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 were off pretty much from the beginning to the end when they split up now judah they they had a a lot of faults, but they also did have a couple of good kings uh one king you might be familiar with is King Josiah, who we talked about uh last summer uh they they had a couple of good kings uh in, in the nation of Judah, but for the most part, sadly, for the most part, the nation of Judah rebelled against God as well. They, they took after the 10 northern tribes and they rebelled after God, even though the people of Judah were the people of God. And, and, and they, they didn't act like they were the people of God though, because they are being heavily influenced by the other nations. They, they took part in their wicked practices. The, the big three that I like to point out is that they worshiped other gods. That, that, that is despicable. As despicable to worship other gods, to give the glory that's due to God to some other idol or god, the the, the people of Judah they were taking part in that worshiping of, of other foreign gods. Number two, they were sacrificing their own kids, their own kids. They were sacrificing. Who are they sacrificing it to? They are sacrificing it to other gods despicable, despicable acts that the people of Judah were committing. And finally, they, they, they were big into sexual immorality as well, much like the world today. Um, and, and so those are kind of three big problems that the nation of Judah and, and really the whole nation of Israel experienced. And so basically, they were, they were falling away from God. So here, Jeremiah, a prophet known as the weeping prophet, he had a difficult job. God gave Jeremiah some bad news to deliver to the people of Judah. That would not have been a fun job. Here, one single person, Jeremiah, a prophet, a man of God, having to deliver to a multitude of people who were supposed to be God's people, but acting total opposite of that. And God gave Jeremiah some bad news to deliver to the the people of Judah. And and that's really a a huge part of the book of Jeremiah. But we're jumping uh, forward to chapter 14, and we'll start in verse 11. In verse 11, uh, God is talking to Jeremiah, and, and it says, The Lord said to me, that's Jeremiah, do not pray for the welfare of this people, that is the people of Judah, Though they fast, I will not hear their cry. And though they offer burnt offering and grain offering, I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. I, I won't even really dive into that, but verse 11, that's strong. God is telling Jeremiah to not even pray. For the people of Judah, that's how far off they have fallen. That's how, how far the, the people of Judah have strayed from God. Where Jeremiah, or God told Jeremiah, his prophet, to not even bother praying for them. For, for God won't listen to it. He says, though they fast, I will not hear their cry. and I will not accept them. But I will consume them by the sword, by famine and pestilence. So here God he wants Jeremiah to tell the people that God is going to consume them by the sword and by famine and by pestilence. Now, again, that, that is not a fun message. Uh, I, I can sympathize with Jeremiah here and understand why he would be known as the weeping prophet. But God wanted Jeremiah to deliver this bad news to the people of Judah. But Jeremiah replies in verse 13, and he says, Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, You shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. So here Jeremiah is talking to God, and God tells him this bad news to deliver to the people. But Jeremiah's like, God, all these other prophets are telling them that they won't experience famine, that they won't be struck by the sword, that they're, that they're going to experience peace, that they can rest assured they'll, they'll experience peace. But in verse 14, the Lord said to me, The prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision. "'Worthless divination and the deceit of their own minds. "'Therefore, thus says the Lord, "'concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, "'although I did not send them, "'and who say, "Sword "'Sword and famine shall not come upon this land, "'by sword and famine those prophets shall be consumed.'" And the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and sword, with none to bury them, them their wives, their sons, and their daughters, for I will pour out their evil upon them. So here Jeremiah replies to the Lord, saying, all these other people are saying that they're going to experience peace. God tells Jeremiah, these prophets are lying. They, they did not come from me. I did not send them. I did not give them a word to speak. They are false prophets. And these false prophets, the, the, these false people speaking on behalf of God are telling the people of Judah that listen, guys, everything is gonna be alright. You just keep doing the things that you're that you're doing, and don't worry, God is going to send you peace. That's what these, these other people were saying, that that everything's gonna be alright. Rest assured, and God will deliver you peace. And now, of course, the Israelites did not listen to the people of Judah, also known as the Israelites as well. The the, the people of Judah, they did not listen to the message of Judah, uh, of Jeremiah. They did not listen to him. Rather, they listened to all these false prophets telling them that, hey, everything is going to be all right. Hey, God is going to give you peace. So basically, just go on. Go, go worship these other gods. Go sacrifice your kids to these other gods. Go, go partake in, in, in the sexual immorality. That's, that's the basis of the message that these false prophets were telling to the people of Judah. And the people, and, and again, this was a lie. This, this was not from God, for God said that he was going to destroy them because they were acting very, very wickedly after all that God had done for them They insisted uh, on rebelling against God. And the people wanted to hear, not what Jeremiah had to say, but the people wanted to hear what the false prophets had to say, and and they followed what the false prophets had to say. And and I know that for a fact because jumping back to to chapter 5 of Jeremiah, chapter 5, verses 30 and 31 reads, An appalling and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule at the direction. My people love to have it so. But what will you do when the end comes? So here it says that a horrible thing is taking place in Judah. A horrible thing. And that horrible thing is that there's false prophets speaking lies to the people. And it doesn't say that the people detest these lies. It says, no. It says, my people love to have it so. These people love to hear these lies that these false prophets are speaking to them. Why? It's because what it's, that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear that God is going to strike them down by sword and famine and pestilence. Rather, they want to hear that God is going to send them peace. And these prophets, these false prophets didn't want to deliver this bad news to the people of Judah. No. I mean, it's no fun coming up here sometimes to preach some bad news, to preach a message of repentance. It's needed, but sometimes it's no fun. It's no fun sometimes, but sometimes that is what is needed. And these people loved to hear these false prophets They loved to hear that everything was going to be okay. And they heard it, they listened it, they, they followed it. Why? Because people hear what they want to hear. They were oblivious to the words of Jeremiah because they didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. Rather, they focused on the words of these false prophets. Why? Because they wanted to hear those words. Because again, I'll be saying this a lot, but again, people hear what they want to hear. And man, Je- Jeremiah had it rough. He he had the task to deliver bad news to a group of no good people. And meanwhile, there there were a, a-, a large group of people giving them good news false lies and the people were listening to these false lies and here Jeremiah known as a weeping prophet. Man, I have a lot of respect and sympathy for the prophet of Jeremiah. (laughs) Although even though the Israelites hardly listened to Jeremiah, he he stayed on his course. But again, the Israelites did not listen to Jeremiah. They didn't listen to what he had to say. Why? Because they didn't want to hear what he had to say. But again, they listened to the false prophets, so we may ask why. Is because they wanted to hear what they have to say. and So that is a perfect example found in the book of Jeremiah, that people hear what they want to hear. But again, this isn't just an Old Testament principle. This, this isn't just something that took place in the Old Testament. Near, near the end of, of the Bible, in the book of 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 3, right right after uh, the book of first timothy i always get a kick out of that even if you guys won't thank you for the sympathy chuckles there and and the book of second uh, timothy chapter 4 verses 3 and 4 it says for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off Into myths. So here Paul is telling Timothy that there's a time coming where people will no longer seek to hear the truth. They will no longer seek to hear sound teaching. But having itching ears, basically wanting to hear something different, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And because of this, they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Here Paul is saying that there is a time coming. Well, I believe that time was, was already taking place in, in the book of Second Timothy. It was already taking place in the book of Jeremiah beforehand. And it's taking place right now where people no longer, they don't want to hear the truth. We're living in a society where, where truth of the matter, now, now people probably won't admit this, but truth of the matter is people don't want to hear sound teaching but they have itching ears and they want to hear the, these false teachings that make them feel good about themselves. <laughs> I mean, that, that is so much the message here in America and our society and culture is feel good about yourselves. Feel good. It's all about raising your self-image. And yes, that's important to have a healthy self-image. But we're willing, uh, Americans are willing to tell themselves anything just to make them feel good about themselves. Why? It's because people hear what they want to hear. People hear what they want to hear and here Paul is warning us of this exact thing. That there's going to be a time where people are no longer seeking the truth, but there's going to be a time where people have itching ears and they and they're going to wander off into these myths. That's the danger of hearing only what you want to hear and hearing stuff that makes you feel good. Paul says that danger is wandering off. That's the danger that we experience today is if we only hear what we want to hear and if what we want to hear is what makes us feel good, then Paul says we have a danger of wandering off. And that's a danger today. That's the danger that we all experience today in our culture, in a society. That's the same danger that they faced back in 2 Timothy. That's the same danger that they faced in the time of Jesus. That's the same danger they faced in the time of Jeremiah. To the matter, that's the same danger that Adam and Eve faced, as Eve didn't want to hear that they couldn't eat of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Rather, Eve wanted to hear that she could eat. So what did they do? They ate of the forbidden fruit, I mean, the danger is very evident and people want to hear what makes them feel good. People want to hear that lusting after other people is okay. People want to hear that being greedy with your money is only fair because, hey, you earned it. People want to hear that there's no harm in watching pornography for you aren't hurting anybody else doing it. People want to hear that, oh, you should get them back. They did you wrong, so you better get them back. People want to hear that. People want to hear that, hey, you should partake in homosexual relationships. That's all right. God made you the way you are. People want to hear that sex outside of marriage is all right because everyone is doing it. People want to hear that it's all right if you make a little lie. I mean, white lies aren't a big deal. I mean, that's the stuff that we want to hear basically as humans, as people, as human nature. We want to hear what makes us feel good. But let me tell you, when in doubt, it's the difficult news that we need to hear. When in doubt, it's the difficult news that we need to hear. The news that forbids us to lust, forbids us to be greedy, forbids us to watch pornography or seek revenge or partake in homosexual relationships or having sex outside of marriage or telling a lie. Those are just a few examples of the difficult news that helps keeps us on track. People want to hear what they're doing is all right because let me tell you, change is difficult. I, I think we all know that. That change is difficult. People don't want to change their habit, their, their habits, especially when they get enjoyment out of their poor habits. They they want to try to justify what they are doing so they're only going to hear stuff that they want to hear. And it's so easy to fall in the, into the trap of just hearing what makes you feel good. Looking for a way to defend your poor habits and thoughts. Or on another note, uh, when, when talking about doctrine sometimes uh, with some people, uh, it, again, it, it's like you're, you're talking to a brick wall because you, you may deliver a brilliant point, but they aren't listening. Why? It's because they don't want to hear what you have to say. Why? Because they don't want to change their stand. Because change is difficult. It's difficult to change a belief that you've held for so long. But again, it bleeds so much deeper than just our beliefs, just our doctrines. It it bleeds into our habits and our practices and our thoughts. And it's so, so dangerous to only hear what makes you feel good. The closing passage, going back into Jeremiah chapter 5, you you don't have to go back because we we just read it, but I want to read again Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 30 and 31. And in it it reads, An appalling and, and, and horrible thing has happened in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule at thy direction. My people love to have it so, but what will you do when the end comes? What will you do when the end comes? Here they're asking, what are you going to do when the end comes? When Jesus comes to to judge and rule this world, what are you going to do if you love to hear these lies that society and our culture are telling you? That all this stuff, that being greedy, the the, the sexual immorality, the, the, the little white lies, they're all okay. What are you going to do when the end comes if you love to hear those lies? What are you going to do? When someone tells you that lusting is all right and you listen to them, what are you going to do when the end comes? When someone tells you that watching pornography is all right and you listen to them, What are you gonna do when the end comes? When someone tells you that being greedy is all right and you listen to them, what are you gonna do when the end comes? When someone tells you that seeking revenge is all right and you listen to them, what are you gonna do when the end comes? When someone tells you that telling a little lie is all right and you listen to them, what are you going to do when the end comes? (laughs) And, and I don't know, if you listen to those lies, uh, you, you might have a scary future. For it's so easy to fall into this trap, to only hear what makes us feel good. So the question is, how do we combat this trap? How do we combat the, the, this attack? And it, it's super simple. But how to combat this is to desire to seek the truth. Don't desire to hear what makes you feel good, but desire to seek the truth. Make a deliberate effort to seek the truth rather than just uh, seeking to hear what makes you feel good. And let me tell you, it's human nature to hear what makes you feel good. You have to make a deliberate effort. It has to be on your mind to deliberately seek the truth. Because if it's not on your mind, you're you're just going to take the easy route. You're going to hear what you want to hear. You're going to hear the points that defend your position. And so to combat this evil trap, this evil snare of hearing what makes us feel good, you have to desire to hear the truth. You have to seek the truth. That, that's one thing that I love about the, the, the Church of God, the organization that we're affiliated with. We're, we're a group of churches, independent churches, that, uh, to be quite frank, I, I believe we, we, we are de- deliberately seeking out the truth. And, and, and a lot of our, our beliefs don't conform to the rest of Christianity in America or really around, around the world, such as the immortal soul or, or doctrines on the Trinity. And it'd be so easy to conform to the rest of the world, to conform to the rest of Christianity and their doctrines. But one reason why I love the Church of God is that we're an organization that truly seeks the truth, not just seeking truth. What, what would make life easy? And us? because, let me tell you, it would make life a lot easier on, on us and make life, life a lot easier on, on me as a pastor if we just conformed uh, to the rest of the world, uh, to, to the rest of the churches. But I love the Church of God because I believe we're, we're a group of churches that truly, deliberately seeks out the truth, no matter the cost, for, for the, the truth has nothing to fear. But again, This idea of people hear what they want to hear goes so much further than just our beliefs and our doctrines. It bleeds into our hobbies. It bleeds into our practices. It bleeds into our thoughts. It bleeds into how we raise our children, how we relate to one another. This idea is so important. And please don't fall into the easy trap of just hearing what makes you feel good. Because if that's what you want in life is to just feel good, let me tell you, you will hear stuff that makes you feel good. But if what you want in life is to seek the truth, then let me tell you, you will start to hear the truth. Because people hear what they want to hear. So please, let's be a church, let's be a group of people that is deliberately seeking the truth a group of people that wants to hear the truth. Because let me tell you again, if we are a group of people who wants to hear the truth, then you will start to hear the truth and you'll start to realize the truth all around you. Because again, people hear what they want to hear and it can be used for both good or bad. And I hope that we use that that bit of knowledge for the good of ourselves, so that we can seek the truth and that we can find the truth in and around us. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for uh, this day. Father, I thank you for uh, the word that you have delivered to each and every one of us. And Father, I just pray that our intent, our purpose uh, can be to seek uh, your truth, to seek the truth Uh, not of this world, but the truth of you, the the truth of the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth. Father, I just pray that that we as a church, as your people, as your family, I pray that you guide and and guard and protect us, that we not fall into the trap to to just hear what we want to hear, but Father, I pray that we can hear and realize and see the truth and that, that truth can transform our lives, that truth can lead us to repentance and lead us to life everlasting in your coming kingdom. That's the hope that each and every one of us have. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.